Hey there, Jessica. Hey, uh, for some reason it sounded like Matt Skiba was visiting for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, I did say hey there, Jessica. That is how he introduces it himself is. when he appears. No, hey. There's a little accent going there. Yeah, I didn't mean it that way. Uh, that was a pretty good impression I did of Matt Skiba there, though, that was right? Great, yeah. He's known for that thick Chicago accent, and I can't quite pull <laughs> yes. one of those off. So I'm not really good at doing a Matt Skiba. But anyway, how you doing? It's been a while since we podcasted. How have you? What have you been up to? <laughs> what have I been doing lately? What have you been doing lately? <laughs> oh, nothing much. Just giving birth. <laughs> giving birth to this creative endeavor we call podcasting. Is that oh, what you mean? Uh, yes. And, you know, a baby. Yeah. I don't know why I'm being coy about it, because we did release a stopgap episode explaining why there was no episode two weeks ago. And, of course, this episode is late, so I think you can understand that we're parents right now. <laughs> we're kind of recording this around what was originally intended to be the due date. Yes. Yeah. But we'll get into all that when we start the show. This is still the cold open. So, right. I don't know. I didn't have anything prepared for this episode just one of those like uh unprepared cold opens i don't know do you want to talk about anything love islands on it is love islands back both love islands u.s and uk oh, i mean there's other love islands as well but yeah wow the two that i watch are on yeah you want to talk about that uh, okay you just make this a love island <laughs> podcast from now on <laughs> i think there's probably enough of those <laughs> official and unofficial but yeah, I mean, for UK, I'm loving the twist this season. It's given fresh. Uh, I was all in uh, until around Casa, and then I, one, had a baby, and two, it sort of settled into its, like, usual mid-season Oh, yeah, role. Casa. You know, typical. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, Whitney is everything. Love her. Love her vibe. Uh, love Jess. I've been but, saying uh, that for years. Girl, you gotta open your eyes and see Sammy for the absolute douche potato he is. <laughs> Cooper agrees. Uh, <laughs> oh, you just dropped the name for the first time. Oh, sorry. Was I not supposed to? You don't know. I could be talking about somebody else on uh, Love Island. Uh, Mitch, total cockroach. Because, like, how is he still around? No spoilers, though, because I am, like, an episode or two behind. Uh, being in the hospital, I missed quite a few episodes. And then I've been trying to catch up. And I'm still not entirely sure where I'm at in the list of catching up. Uh, yeah, but honestly, I cannot see any of these couples working outside the villa. I, I haven't in in a couple seasons. It's it's better than this past winter season, though. That one, like, actually, I ended up not even watching the last two episodes. I was like, I genuinely don't care. <laughs> no offense about any of these islanders. Uh, I don't think any of them are going to continue to stay together. When you're watching two uh, current seasons of Love Island in two different countries at the same time. Do you get confused, no. like, thinking, like, where that... I thought that person was dating that person, and, like, you no. know, you never get confused. No. But you do get confused about fan fiction and real canon for TV shows. Yes. <laughs> but I don't... I, I rarely ever get confused about which fan... If one fan fiction is a different one. Like, I'm like, wait, is this the one where they're firefighters or whatever? Like, I'm like, no, no, this is the one where they're doctors. I don't know. I'm just making things up. Uh, back to Love Island. Uh, U.S. just started. 
and I'm already enjoying it more than most seasons when they first start up because, you know, it takes a while. You have to get used to the people and everything and you're always like, oh, but I like last season's people more and, and stuff. So it always takes a little while to, to really warm up and then you're like, okay, I like these people, I like these characters getting into their flow. But this season, they're back in Fiji for the first time since season one. And hopefully they don't have the, I mean, so far they haven't, but I know in season one, maybe it's a different time of year. I don't think it is though, but they had like constant downpours. It rained like most of the time they were there, which is why I didn't think they went back right away. He's trying, he's like, I said I wouldn't destroy the world in a flood, but then Love Island went on for this many years and I need to do something about it. And then like everybody got the Fijian flu while they were there, which I don't know if that'll happen again uh, this year or not. What the hell is the Fijian flu? I don't know. Some sort of, they talk about it all the time because I listen to, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I watch, well, I watch like the Steve Dangle podcast and then After the Island, which are two of the girls from U.S. season one who recap the U.S. Love Island. Okay. And it's the it's the the winner and the runner up, the two girls. And I love it. I watch it like anytime it's on, uh, which is just when Love Island U.S. is on. They're always saying that they're going to do other shows or U.K. and they like never do. But it's great. Fiji so and flu. They always talk about it. They always talk about their season and sort of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, the sticker twist game in the first episode this season, though, was a little too complicated. I'm all for switching things up and, like, keeping it fresh, but that was not it. Uh, and yeah. So, again, like, every season, though, in the U.S., they gotta stop casting so young. You can cast young in the U.K. Mm -hmm. because they're more, like, it's just, it's different culturally, right? Things are still a little more traditional (laughs) in the U.K. You still are going out and, well, I mean, like, I met you at... Towards the end of being 18, and we got married when I was 23. So, like, engaged at 21. My child bride. (laughs) You gotta stop saying that. (laughs) So, like, you know, but we're different. And so, over in the UK, they still do things similarly over there. So, you can cast these younger people who are a bit more mature, definitely come off as older than they are. US, no. You can't. They're casting like college boys. What are you doing? Like 21, 22 year old guys who are like doing this on the summer between like their like, you know, sophomore and junior year or whatever. And it's like, come on. What are you doing? You know, like, cast older, especially with guys. Boys mature a little slower. It's like none of you are actually here for love. You're here for, like, a good time to be on TV and the Instagram followers and TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And uh, threads. All the <laughs> oh, hip new. <laughs> oh, right, right. Uh, I, I had not heard of that. And then all of a sudden, I, like, saw on Instagram stories a bunch of people being like, here's my threads or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. But yeah. is that still a thing? A week later so. or whatever? I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to... It's not It's not taking Twitter by storm. It, Twitter will have to fully die. Yeah. It's, un, it's slow, slow, painful death. Yeah. Before everyone goes to threads. Speaking of cockroaches, just <laughs> keeps on surviving. Bergie is adorable, but aw, <laughs> poor guy. It's like if you threw a 22-year-old Danny into the villa. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, I was watching this episode where... <laughs> Where they kick this guy off, and I looked at him, and I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? I was like, I would almost expect this guy in the British cast, but I would not expect this, like, real dorky guy on Love Island in the U.S. cast. And then they kick him off, and then I go to do, like, some laundry or 
like the dishes or something and i come back jessica's watching another episode and he's back and i'm like what is he doing back and it's like <laughs> they changed their minds and i'm like of course they did because he's probably the most golden like ridiculous uh, laugh bringer on the show right. in a hundred years he's, it's been running he's, he's already a fan favorite it's only been on for what is this it's, it's, it's uh i think it's its fifth season in the u.s so I feel like you've been watching longer than that. So obvious. So <laughs> well, yeah, know. UK because UK has been on for way longer. Yeah. So I tried to make this. Uh, I wanted to do this is crazy, silly opening where you talk about like you do a mini Love Island podcast at the beginning of the show. And I tried I to make it as or- recap. Yeah, I was trying to make it as organic as possible as we launched into it. it like pretend it was like an off the cuff idea. And now I'm looking over Jessica's notes. and I'm like, oh, my God, they're so long. <laughs> Oh, I went back to my normal. That's these are my these are my song. Oh, that's your song notes. These are my song notes. It says oh. it says RK getting into you right at the top. And you said the name <laughs> of the song, so. Oh yeah. Well, in case you didn't read it. I'm getting into you because you got to me in a way words can't describe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, I actually thought you had more to say about Love Island. That's why I said that at the end. I'm... Oh, no, I just, I have some stuff to say about getting into you. Okay, well, we're going to talk about what we've been getting into first. Before I do that, the Fijian flu yeah. is some strand of flu that's been around since 2003. Gotcha. And it's named for a province of Fujian, uh, Fujian, Fijian, in the, a province of southeast China. Gotcha. So that answers that. It's a, it's another one of those Chinese flus. See, you can't go around calling uh, COVID the Chinese flu racistly when there's already a bunch of Chinese flus. What makes COVID the Chinese flu when you're, you know, making that racist I agree, Abel. He needs to move on. COVID. Anyway, so, yeah, we have a son. No, yeah, yeah Cooper, yeah. you got anything to say? That's his name. People have been asking us, what's the name? What's the name? People are asking us the name, you know, for the weeks and months leading up to the pregnancy. Yeah. But, um... Well, I, leading up to the pregnancy? the birth. Leading up to the birth. Excuse me. There's the pregnancy, <laughs> then there's the birth. They're like, y'all are getting pregnant soon, right? And I was what's like, yeah, we'll, we'll let everyone know the name uh, when he's born, just to make sure that's the name we stick with. Yeah. And that is the name we stuck with. His name is Cooper. It's a name Jessica had actually picked many years ago when we'd been married for a couple of years. And she's just like, I like this name. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was always just kind of a joke around, you know, just a technically a joke around the house to refer to our future son as Cooper. And then when he was actually in Jessica's belly, we were like, is this the name? Is this the name? And we didn't like commit to calling him Cooper when he was inside Jessica's belly, but Jessica's parents did immediately. Yeah. They were already calling him Cooper. So. Cause they already knew I liked the name. And so they're like, that's the name. Right. And I'm like, I mean, as of now, and we looked at, into other names and just nothing stuck as much. So, so, I dropped a little, um, I, I know you didn't hear it, but I dropped a little preamble to the uh, Patreon episode we released for free two weeks ago. Nice. S- saying everything's fine, he totally healthy birth, but yes, it was three weeks early, and we'll talk all about it next time, and this is the next time, so do you want to talk about your experience? And any, and then, also, if you take the lead, I'll know what you're comfortable making public, instead uh, instead of me just possibly <laughs> making everything public, or saying something that you don't want okay. me to share. So if you take oh, the lead, I'll t- know. I have to talk so much in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So a couple weeks back, a few weeks back, a month back at right, this point. Right, it's been a month back. Um, yeah, we went to the doctor for our 36-week follow-up. And during the ultrasound, they uh, had to do a bit more in-depth of one. And we knew that I had a low-lying placenta already. Uh, it was something that we discovered at the 24-week ultrasound. And this time, when they did a little bit more of an in-depth look, they were like, oh, it's uh, not, it's worse than we thought. It's not going to move. And so I had something called placenta previa, where the placenta was like in front of and sort of twisted around the cervix and, you know, making it so that we couldn't have like a normal vaginal birth. And previously, when they had told us that it was possible that we would have to do a plan C-section, I had asked my doctor, when would that be? And she was like, oh, probably like a week before the due date. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we went in at 36 weeks and normally you, normally you have a baby at 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. And... They were like, you have to have this baby at 37 weeks. And I was like, oh. And Danny was with, and he did not know what week we were in. So he was like, is that soon? And I was like, it is next week. (laughs) So basically, we had a week to rush and get everything ready. Which we'd already been getting most of the things ready well ahead of time. Yeah. So we were basically almost We still thought we'd have like three or so weeks to play with. And instead... And do other adult things. Like go to the bar... Get Jessica loaded. Just kidding. No, there were like, we could, as we were getting closer to the due date, I was like, oh man, we got to think about places where we can't take the baby that we've always wanted to go check out. Like bars where Jessica will have to just get a soft drink, but just like, you know, to see the interior, hang out in the vibe of certain places that don't allow children. And we were like, nope, all out of time for that. Yep. So we actually went to a jazz club we had been wanting to go to, which Danny had planned before we knew we would have to right. uh, give birth. So it was like we went there on Wednesday and a then he Tuesday was, before, two was, days it, yeah. before. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean Tuesday. Two days before we gave birth. Yeah. So I was like, well, this is our last adult outing of ch- ch- before yep. we have children. <laughs> um, yeah. And so... I was like, yeah, I just didn't get it. it was like this many weeks. I'm like, I don't know what week we're in. What does that mean? <laughs> it worked out perfectly to book it on a Friday because then we had the whole weekend to not have to take time off from work and to be healing in the in the hospital and learning and connecting with the baby. And then I had two weeks off from work and I was back this week at work and Jessica's still been off from work this whole time. So yeah, it's been great. There was something else I was going to say in there. He's wonderful. His name is Cooper, as I said. <laughs> Operating on very little sleep. Yeah. Jessica, as you do. Jessica's been trying to help let me get more sleep. I change a ton of diapers. I am a very studious. That's not the word. I'm a very attentive <laughs> partner and father. He is. I change a lot of diapers. But if, if it's the middle of the night and Jessica's like, can you give me a bottle? I'm like... Okay, I just stumble and get a bottle and then I go right back to sleep. So Jessica's the one doing all the late night feedings and everything. Yeah, he's a little tiny, so we're doing a mix of feeding types uh, to try and get his weight All right, up. he's so, so tiny. Yeah. He was five pounds, 10 ounces. At birth, yeah. And then when we left the hospital, he was, and they always lose a little weight, so he was at five uh, five pounds, six ounces, and now he's not even quite yet up to... I thought, I thought it was five pounds, 10. I'm sorry. His uh, birth weight. No, <laughs> it is. You're right. Oh, okay. I'm saying when Oh, the left, new weight. Yeah. The yeah. new weight is five pounds, six. Yeah. No, the new weight is <laughs> five pounds, 9.5 ounces. Oh, my God. So he's You're not gonna know this quite forever. yet up to his birth. <laughs> Wait, someday, but... <laughs> someday, our son will be like, 
mom, how much did I weigh on August whatever, 2023? <laughs> and you'll know exactly what it was. And I won't know. And he's going to be like, I hate you. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> so, uh, and as far as doing this podcast, like, we haven't recorded a pod Other than one Patreon episode, we haven't recorded a podcast in, like, over four weeks. So, a little rusty. <laughs> no, we're not even that rusty. We're doing, we're doing fine. But we kind of, like, banks some episodes right away like we banked two episodes but we couldn't get enough done to cover two weeks ago Mm -hmm. it just wasn't enough we had to get some patreons done we had to get our regular episode done that came out after he was born and you guys didn't necessarily know about that i think right Uh, maybe i'm wrong about that i I I think the last regular episode technically came out after he was maybe not Whatever. Or, no, 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 it came out when we were on our way to the hospital, basically. Like, the night we were on our way to the hospital. Like, you guys were all probably listening to the episode from a month ago while we were on our way to the hospital. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody's cared. Nobody cares. Someday Cooper will care. Someday Cooper will listen back to this whole... (laughs) Oh, yeah. This whole thing. He'll just be... He's listening right now. He's in his 40s. He's sitting there in his high-rise apartment. In uh, in Dubai, where everyone where everyone lives now, and he's listening to old podcasts of his mom and dad. We left him all the unedited podcast episodes for him to remember us as a legacy. Why why is he remembering us when he's forty? He's two hundred and fifty because they've they've (laughs) they figured out how to make people live much longer. He's two hundred and fifty, and he's listening to old City Hawkins pods again. Hello, son. I thought you meant he was listening right now, and I'm like, yeah, he probably is, because he's Well, he's technically listening right now. On on me, so... So, Cooper, future Cooper, this is the first episode of the regular podcast you're part of. You were part of the Patreon episode last week. He's probably going to be like, you guys are such nerds, I'm not listening to that. (laughs) We took him to Sunset Boulevard and took a picture with him there, and when I posted to Facebook, I'm like, we took him to Sunset Boulevard so you can get an early start on thinking rock is lame. Anyway, all kinds of pictures. Uh, yeah, if you if follow me on Facebook, if you want to see pictures of them, because I'm not really, or my Instagram and Jessica's Instagram and stuff. But we have to know who you are because we are keeping those. We're not like we're not going to start an Instagram forum. We're not going to post really personal videos or like him spitting up or doing something embarrassing. Because you know that whole generation of like early internet babies are now adults in their twenties and they're looking back on their like exposure on the internet when they were tiny babies and they're like this is and they're dealing with that as trauma so i don't want to do oh, that wow. to our poor son <laughs> yeah no. so if he does something like hilariously awful we're as a little baby we're not blocking put, it out yeah right we're not like, blocking it out we're posting pictures of him but we're being selective with what we're posting yeah anyway getting into you <laughs> so we do have voicemails going back to a month ago but there's so much going on with talking about the boy. <laughs> I keep calling him the boy. Uh, we're so much talking about the boy and Love Island and everything. We're just going to go ahead and start talking about the song. But we'll do your voicemails next time. We're going to get back on a regular schedule again. It's just been a lot of work getting back into uh, reuniting with you, the most important people in our lives. You know, I think I love Cooper and April and Jessica, but really, the people I love the most are you, our listeners. You're the true loves of my life. Well, this is a popular song in the fandom Mm -hmm. of Reliant K because this made it onto the fan curated vinyl. It's on side C track 14. Okay. I did not realize that. Interesting. 
Yeah, and this song, I went and looked for this song on Discogs to see if there were any interesting releases Mm -hmm. it was included on. And there are, maybe you found these, but there's a bunch of interesting releases that this song was included on. This was on a WoW CD. Oh, okay. We've always talked about why wasn't, you know, what was Relying K ever included in a WoW CD? And for whatever reason, we could never really find that. And it doesn't seem like for the most part, they were very often. But I'm actually surprised that this is not a bigger mainstream Christian song because this song is really simple and really beautiful and very popular within the Reliant K fandom. And I'm just surprised that it didn't really like super hit and take off. Like, I'm sure that they obviously, since there are a number of singles, they did play it on Christian radio Mm -hmm. at the time. But I'm just sort of surprised it didn't make a little bit more of an impact. So this is on disc two of wow 2004 wow hits 2004 disc two track three sandwiched between (laughs) stacy or rico and zoe girl (laughs) just where you want to be sandwiched between (laughs) i didn't think it was gonna come to that as i said sandwiched between but um yeah like that year there was jeremy camp cutlass jump five oh uh audio adrenaline Toby Mac, Sixpence None the Richer with Breathe Your Name, just to specify that one. Cademan's Call, Jennifer Knapp, you know, all the 2004, B.B. Norman, Bebo Norman. My guitar teacher liked Bebo Norman <laughs> in high school. I thought you were saying Bebo Norman was your guitar teacher. No. Amy Grant, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Newsboys. Uh, third Which Amy day. Grant song? Was it Baby Baby? <laughs> In 2004, there was a big revival for that. No, it was Simple Things. It's <laughs> the only Amy Grant song I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was definitely a push for this. I mean, here it is on WoW Hit 2004. So it must have been played on Christian radio at the time. It was a WoW hit of 2004, even though the the, the album is originally 2003. Sure. But I also found a couple of other odd demo albums on Discogs. So in 2002... A year before this album was released, Goatee Records released a promo disc that I suppose was just sent around to media companies, not to radio companies, but to media companies because this is called Music for Film and Television label Goatee Records. And it's this very simple stock yellow cover. Goatee Records uh, Publishing presents music and f- music for film and and television 100% master sync controlled except where noted so this is like a demo cd that goatee records released to media companies i suppose to be like here check these songs out maybe you want them for your film and television right. which is a big game nowadays in the world of the of like internet music like trail i mean i worked for a trailer company for many years for an advertising agency that cut movie trailers and just like sending your demos out and aggregating them online in certain ways so that trailer companies and movie companies will easily find them producing music just to hopefully get picked up by movies televisions trailers that's big business nowadays but this is so interesting that in 2002 oh this is a two disc collection as well and Hmm. oh there's two for sale oh, wow. on um, on Discogs right now. I might just have to buy one. I don't think there's anything special on here. It's just the songs, but it's just a cool little piece to have. 
Um, so the Getting Into You single that I found uh, were was from Premiere Performance Plus. Yes, that's the other the one I want to talk about. Performance tracks, yeah. And that's a really and I, there's something there's something unique about that. So I want to get back to that one okay. in a second. But so this Goatee Records film for music, uh, music for film and television, 2002, a year before the album was released. So I do want to hear if maybe there's slightly different mixes um, of getting into you. Yeah, I'm right, right? Like, uh, Two Lefts was released in 2003, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I know I have a tendency to kind of mix up when Anatomy and the self-title got released. It was, yeah. Okay. So on here for Relying K, you have Sadie Hawkins' Dance. Oh, I wonder if this CD ended up in the hands of the people at Smallville. Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins, it opened, this whole album opens with Sadie Hawkins' Dance. Then it goes to Trademark, In Love with the 80s. Mood Rings, which apparently is called Mood Ring here. Is it called Mood Ring? No, it's called Mood Rings. It is, with an S. Getting Into You, Chapsticks, Chap Lips, and Things Like Chemistry, and then Pressing On. So uh, so Mood Ring, M- Mood Rings, it's called Mood Ring on here, and Getting Into You. I'll have to check out, those are from this third album, right? So I'll have to check out if those are any in any way slightly different mixes. Then you have a chunk of songs by Jennifer Knapp, Matt Beckler, Grits on the second disc, Out of Eden, and No to Verbs, and the uh, then you have the Katinas and DJ Maj. So yeah, I uh, it is only fourteen bucks for sale on Discog, so I might try to buy this before everyone hears this and buys the last two. So yeah, it's just interesting that you know, and, and we'll come to more reasons why. But this is a song that that Goatee Records thought this is worth. Uh, expressing to film and television production companies that this might be a song you want to have in your film and television, like Sadie Hawkins' dance was. So then the other interesting CD is the one that you just found, the the performance... I feel like they should have just sent it to Trinity Broadcasting Network. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The Premiere Performance Plus. I guess this might be like a series of... um, I don't know what you would call this. It is released by Goatee Records. It's released in 2004, so the year after Two Lefts. And this is a four four tracks, not four track, like a four track tape or something, but this is four tracks on one CD, and it's four different versions of Getting Into You that, as far as I can tell, have never been leaked or archived online. You have the Getting Into You instrumental, which we'll talk about again in a second. Then you have... Getting into you in the key of D sharp? What's the B mean? <laughs> What's the lowercase B mean? Hold on. <laughs> so many people are yelling at their phones right now. What does now. the lowercase B mean in music? <laughs> no, don't tell me what a lowercase B is in uh, cursive. That's not what I said. <laughs> lowercase B in music. I think it. You're right. I think it's sharp. Flat. Flat. Darn. <laughs> In music, flat Italian bemol for soft B. Wait, uh, is derived it's stylized with the lowercase b. So it's flat. Okay. So on this four track CD, you have getting into you instrumental, getting into you in the key of D flat, getting into you in the key of G, and getting into you demonstration. Which I'm guessing that the getting into you demonstration is just the regular album cut. Like, here, listen to the song as it's meant. Not the demo? 
No, I mean it could. A demonstration does sound like it means demo, but usually, yeah, no, it but this got to be so with this CD version, yeah, yeah, what this CD appears to be to me, unlike the film, uh, music for film and television, which gets sent out to production companies, I think this premiere performance plus single of getting into you, I think this gets sent out to worship leaders. I think this gets sent out to church communities. Ah. And then they look at it and they decide if this is a song that they want to include in some way. See, that's what I was saying, though, that I don't understand why it isn't more popular. I would think a lot of churches would pick up on this. It's so pretty, especially with that, like, acoustic intro and everything. Right. I mean, the whole thing's acoustic, but just that, like, solo guitar intro. So when you look at the album cover of the Getting Into You Premiere Performance Plus, mm-hmm. it's a very library, simple, yeah. not meant to, like, catch the eye uh, very archival looking cover and then it says like original recording in three keys and then it shows like little uh the the actual musical notes of what keys are available in this so i think you actually get this cd you know i also remember there was a christian bookstore not the big chains but a local like an independent christian bookstore when i was growing up in the 80s and in the 90s my mom would go there and they'd sell music They'd sell albums and tapes and later CDs specifically used for churches to play or to, I guess, to practice off of the CD or whatever. So there's a whole world, which I I don't know about, and I never see it discussed in CCM Twitter, of like albums that are printed specifically as like archival and use in churches, not meant for like the retail market. So I think that that's what this one is, especially since there's two different, three different keys of the album. Now, in the case of the last track being called Demonstration, yeah, it makes it sound like it's a demo of it, but this is a year after the album came out. And when you think about like karaoke tracks and stuff, usually demonstration means here's the full version. Here's what your band should sound like when you're done practicing this out, this song. Yeah. And this was released in 2004, so a year later. And what I think is interesting is that it's a style pop punk, but I'm like, do they do it in a different style? Because this song is not a pop punk song. Like, the (laughs) album can be classified as such, but it says here, genre rock style pop punk on Discogs, which is interesting. Okay. (laughs) Oh, on Discogs. Discog says that, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just a Discog's decision. Like, an editor on Discog, a regular person editing Discog's was like, well, this is a pop punk song by a pop punk band. It's not a punk song, but it will get categorized when you search for pop pop punk CDs on Discog's in that way. Um, and then the most, and then the most important one, the only one we actually have access to right now, but I don't have a digital version of it, is the open mic karaoke EP that we've talked about before. Not K is for karaoke, but there were these series of many, like at least a dozen karaoke CDs meant for placing inside of karaoke machines that were printed by Goatee Records and featured like four tracks each by different Goatee Records artists. And then there's a couple other ones that are just like Christian rock, Christian rap, gospel. Um, No, it wasn't just Goatee Records uh, uh, artists as well. There's Audio Adrenaline, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Jump 5, Newsboys, Zoe Girl, uh, Stacey uh, or Rico, I just mentioned her, DC Talk, Rebecca St. James, Reliant K. Then you have generic Christian pop, Christian rock, and gospel. So these are actual karaoke CDs meant for karaoke machines. We bought it. They're very cheap to get. And for the Reliant K version, it's the actual studio tracks of Getting Into You, Pressing On, Those Words Are Not Enough, and Wake Up Call. And um, then you get the actual 
demonstration versions with Matt Thiessen's lead vocals. But if you've ever wanted to sing those four songs in karaoke to the original Reliant K tracks that were actually recorded by Reliant K, they're available on this karaoke CD that was printed in 2003. I meant to digitize, I meant to, I couldn't find where I'd previously digitized this record, this this CD a couple years ago. I have to re-digitize it. I didn't get around to it. So we're not going to get to hear the version of the studio track of Getting Into You without Matt Thiessen's vocals on this episode. Oh, well, you can imagine it. <laughs> um, Sorry, Danny, you're missing a uh, an Instagram live from Tom Wisniewski right now. Aw, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, everybody. <laughs> yeah, NXPX released their new, uh, pre-orders for their new album came out this week. And the Five Iron Frenzy box set, which I didn't like jump at buying anything for Five Iron Frenzy. I'm still thinking about that. I own everything by Five Iron Frenzy that I feel like owning. And so oh, I'm man, like, the, uh, the I know 2000s the box, uh, Inside Out uh, Soul Fest or whatever <laughs> is really popping off this week. <laughs> MXPX never played Soul Fest. Whatever. MXPX didn't play like... They played Cornerstone, but they didn't play, like, really evangelical-type events, and Soulfest was one such. One oh, year I they see. said they had a preliminary announcement that we'll have MXPX next year, and not even close. They didn't even, like, sort of have them or anything. They were just, like, looking into trying to get MXPX, but MXPX never played, like... They never p- played, like, I don't know, Creation and stuff. Maybe they did, but I don't... Not, not very often. Anyway... I didn't even know there was a difference between... I think Cornerstone had a certain Cornerstone had a certain amount of musical uh, not panache like uh, credibility, but then other things like that's the, the one we went to, right? We went to Cornerstone, Florida, which yeah. is a slightly different thing. I'm sure it was like the same company in some way, but Cornerstone, Florida, was just at the Orange County, Florida fairgrounds one time. But Cornerstone was the big main alternative Christian rock festival in the middle of nowhere. Illinois and like every somewhat Christian band in every genre of underground rock, different sometimes hip hop artists and stuff played Cornerstone. I don't, I, I can't believe we've never really talked about Cornerstone, but I never went to the real Cornerstone. Gotcha. So not everyone would necessarily know about this, but Cornerstone had some like had some credibility as a real music fest for real, like, underground artists and stuff. They'd have all kinds the of bands. The underground scene at the underground show. Yeah, exactly. And they have all kinds of bands that never toured through New England for, like, because in New England we had, like, conferences, Christian <laughs> conferences that had some headlining acts. I and see. then you had Soul Fest, which was a music festival, which also had conferences. And I'm sure there were also little conferences and there were all kinds of prayer stuff at Cornerstone as well. But it was mainly a music festival, from my understanding. I see. Florida was definitely just a music festival as well. We saw Reliant K there. We did. And we saw... Family Force 5. Family Force 5. Uh, Rocket Summer. Rocket Summer. We I saw um, John Davis there. John Davis from Super Drag. He performed there when once he was very Christian, you know, super drag, '90s band. Don't you know anything about music? <laughs> You've become really uncool since you became a mom. You became really disconnected from all the cool stuff, like you. Cornerstone. Uh, so getting into you, I never really thought about how this song is acoustic and also just like solo guitar for the first minute and a half. It's really pretty. It's very campfirey. Yeah, but what's funny is, so this is definitely a popular song. Everything we talked up to this point about the song, the record label, the industry was kind of pushing this song 
in a number of different ways. Get this song on music and television. Get this song to church worship leaders. Get this song on a karaoke album. Like, they were kind of pushing this song. To hit. And get it on a WoW CD. Get it popular enough to end up on the WoW main hits album for that year. So there was a push for this album. Excuse me. There was a push for this song. And it's not like the biggest, it's not a big staple of their live show to this day. You know, there, I do have a couple examples of it being played live, but it's not like it along with, it's not, it's not, and it's on the, the, the people love it enough that it's on the fan curated vinyl. But I just don't feel like overall people think, talk about getting into you. I'm sure, sir, I'm sure it has its fans and it's like of their three big worship songs, those words are not enough getting into you and for the moments I feel faint I feel like those are their three big more traditional style worship songs many and many many of their other songs have styles of prayer you know different um tastes of prayer and worship in the lyrics but I think they mainly have these three really big worship songs those words are not enough getting into you and for the moments I feel faint and this of those three seems to be the one that the label pushed the hardest. But then just looking online today, this one has a little less influence than for the moments I feel faint on like YouTube and fandom and stuff. And those words are not enough. Definitely felt like it was a little bit more appreciated online just from my basic searches than this one. So I think it's like a little bit of a push pull for which of those three songs is your favorite. Maybe I'll have to put out a poll. Which of the three like big early Reliant K worship songs is your favorite? And yeah, there's not a lot of like slower numbers on the fan curated vinyl. Right. But both, I mean, Deathbed and then both this song and For the Moments I Feel Faint. Right. Uh, ended up on there. Like a song like Deathbed, it's, you can you can make a case for it being a worship song, but... I mean, like, a worship song for a worship band in a sanctuary. Like, these are the, the three yeah. songs I mentioned are the traditional worship-style Reliant K songs. Good Lord. I, I So I went to, to check what all else was on the fan-curated vinyl just quickly by going on Spotify. And I'm scrolling down, and it's like, you might playlist you might also like. Uh, created by Spotify, Still Into You. Still Into You. I'm glad I didn't die before I met you. What? Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord, Spotify. <laughs> I, I get it. You're doing the early 2000s, like, quote it's unquote, emo, emo thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's an emo punk 2000s thing. And it's like, Paramore, Yellow Card, Still Into You. It's called Still Into You for the Paramore song. Miss You by Blank, Only One by Yellow Card, All Time Low, Dear Maria, I'm With You, Avril Lavigne. Like, yeah, we get it. But, I feel like Gen Z looks at that and they're like, what is this morbid nonsense? Like, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Or they totally get it. I don't know. I guess the two thousand, the early two thousands are coming. I mean, back Gen again. Z loves new metal, so uh, do they? Yeah, apparently. Oh. <laughs> but like some of the new new metal bands, there's a new metal revival, and they've just kind of taken the good parts of new metal and not like the uh, not all the like uh, uh, sexist, misogynist, uh, cruel, uh, <laughs> like self centeredness of it. Um, so you're telling me that we're gonna get Queen of the Damned Part Two. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, I'm, whatever book, whatever Anne Rice book came after Queen of the Dam, they just do that one. Sure, And sure. they make it new metal. Uh, so, personally, of the three, what, I, what I'm kind of thinking in my head now, the three classic early Reliant K worship songs, 
I would probably put this in last place out of those words are not enough and moments I feel faint. I would probably put for the moments I feel faint number one. Like when we did for the moments I feel faint, I just had this feeling of like this is like a perfect worship song in that sort of 90s style of simple open chords. Uh, It took me a second where I had to think of for the moments I feel fate, and I'm like, never underestimate <laughs> my Jesus. <laughs> well, I'll just say never underestimate my Jesus again. But the, I feel like, um, and I, I, I believe I said it in that episode, but I feel like never underestimate my Jesus <laughs> is a perfect, concise expression of Christian faith uh, with no fat on it, like lean, like a lean, perfect expression of that. And it just comes together greatly. When I, in my mind, I couldn't help it because I was really touched by talking about that song a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Cooper's going in his bouncer. I didn't realize it was here until right now. And I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I put it there in case we needed Thank it because Jessica's been holding him the whole time. Uh oh, his eyes are open. He might get a little fussy. Well, where's his passy? <laughs> where's his pacifier? Passa? Where is it? I don't know. I can open a new. It's right there on your computer. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, well, he doesn't need it yet. We weren't gonna do the pacifier thing, and that but was the first it. thing that we were like, <laughs> "Nope, that's going out the window." <laughs> we're caved on that real quick. <laughs> um. So we're being good. We're not letting him like sleep with it, sleep with it, or whatever. Right. He's so tiny. He drops it as soon as he like relaxes his jaw anyway. Right. So. And he can, he can hold it in himself. If you put the pacifier in his mouth and you kind of yeah, take his little fist to, yeah, and put it against it, he kind of knows about it. You give him a bottle, he gra- he grabs the bottle. He's three he weeks old. He's grabbing the bottle. He grabs my boob. He, he can already the crawl. Bottle. <laughs> he can't crawl super well, but he can no. already crawl. And he's he's, three weeks he's old. like scooching himself forward. He's like ready to be a man. <laughs> he wants. <laughs> Just like that really he hates being song. confined. Yeah, he doesn't like being swaddled. He's no. never like being swaddled. He's like, I'm ready to go. I mean, he didn't have any complaints at all. Super chill, uh, like not like colicky. the first, yeah, not colicky still, but yeah, he was super chill like the first week and a half, two weeks, and now he's like he's getting a little bit more of his personality showing and stuff, and he now he's just like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't <sighs> like being swaddled, uh, I don't like any of these things. It's like I'm sorry, so bud, you got us. So it <laughs> makes uh, initial bedtime. Uh, a little difficult sometimes because he's like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want my arms confined in this thing. Like he's always moving his arms, cooking his legs. Babies are supposed to like being swaddled, not ours. So <laughs> he's perfect, but you know what I don't feel is perfect is what? this song. Oh, I am not tearing it apart. I don't want to ruin this song for anybody, and I don't think anything I'm going to say would ruin it. I'm just saying. When I think of those words are not enough and for the moments I feel faint, parenthesis, never underestimate my Jesus. I think that those are like, those exp- those are perfect expressions of the faith in simple terms, in very catchy, simple songs. This here you have, again, a very simple song with a very simple melody. But I think the production and the lyrical narrative is a little more complicated than those other two songs. And this is not like a big uh, negative to the song. This song is exactly what it's meant to be. I actually have a little coming up in my YouTube segment. I have Tyson giving a little bit of a background on this specific song, which is nice because we don't always get that. But, um, you know, never underestimate my Jesus. It's like a universal, not universal outside of Christianity, but to a Christian audience no matter what your denomination it is a very simple 
song. And when you're singing that song, you imagine yourself as the narrator of the song. You sing the song and express Mm -hmm. your love for Jesus through that song because it's so simple. This song, on the other hand, does have some narrative twists and turns that I wouldn't normally associate with worship, which needs a certain amount of narrative simplicity because you are trying to bring yourself into a state of worship. And if the lyrics get a little too complicated, that can kind of distract you maybe. So in this, it starts with like what he is doing. You know, even though he's, even though we never understand with Jesus, he's talking in the first person here. I feel like when he's singing in the first person, he's more specifically talking in a literal Tyson sense. Hmm. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. more talking about you. I feel when I hear Tyson singing in the first person in this song this week, I'm more hearing Tyson's thoughts. When I hear Never Underestimate with Jesus, I feel he is talking for many and all Christians. I gotcha. And I understand that many people might hear for uh, what the hell is it? this song i'm getting Getting into into you you. i've said so many song titles when you hear getting into you you might get around that mound that i'm i built up in my mind that wall i built up in my mind but that's just how it feels to me but especially when we get into the lyrics like he's kind of like talking to a guy and looking him in the eye which i guess is god but it might be some church leader and he's kind of like talking about this and then going over there and getting into you over here and then going over there. It's just a little too busy lyrically. Hmm. It's a great song, but to be a simple worship song that would like lead a worship song, it's just it's just a little too complicated. See, as I listened to the song this week, I really liked it. Actually, I spoiler warning, I like the song more <laughs> okay. uh, today than I did before. And I think I do like it a little a bit classic more than some Siskel of the and other... moments. <laughs> I think I do like it a little bit more than some of the other worship specific songs that they have now i wonder if you're also a little off put because in the bridge there is a little bit of that sorry lord i'm nothing i'm not good enough to worship you lyrical content that you don't like yeah um but it's still very low-key on that compared to some of this songs like contemporaries out there and the next year uh, the next set of lyrics are literally about not dwelling on that i just i don't know i just think it's a really nice piece also, the track itself then has some like programming. It has a couple of different rhythms, whereas the production of uh, those words are not enough. Even though that's kind of like a big, slightly anthemic rock style of worship, and then uh, for the moments I feel faint is a much more s- simple, stripped down, slightly you know kind of acoustic thing. There's production wise. Again, a little bit more complication in this song. And I'm not saying that this is a negative to the song. This song seems to be exactly what it needs to be. And then again, I'm not saying that uh, this song, (laughs) Getting Into You, needs to be exactly like those other two big Reliant K worship songs from these early albums. Each one of these three songs has a different vibe while still being about coming before the Lord and worshiping. So it's good that there is those different styles. I'm just saying what I kind of feel sets this one apart from those other two. For me, that sets me back. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying it doesn't work for me. I'm just saying it sets me back from connecting to this song this week the same way I did connect when I, you know, really dug back into for the moments I feel faint. Right. So I said it was acoustic. I guess if there's programming, it's not acoustic. And that's by DJ Manuel. Um, uh, it's listed under additional music- musicians for programming on this track. Oh, okay. 
And I was also wondering who the main background vocalist is. I, I don't know if it's Dave or Hoops. I'm just kind of assuming it's Dave, maybe. Um, but there's definitely sort of you really hear the backing vocals pretty prominently in this track. Mm-hmm. Um, the end. <laughs> no, I can't. I had another point and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I don't know. I like this. It's 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 good. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I guess each of these three songs that I'm just focusing on this trilogy of worship songs from Reliant K, each one seems to be a different amount of uh, the recipe. Like, I would feel, I feel like, for the moments I feel faint, is a worship song with with some Reliant K thrown in. I feel like this is more of a Reliant K with some worship thrown in, if that makes sense. I think okay. there's a distinction there. So so why don't you like this more then? Because, like, wouldn't you prefer the Reliant K with some worship thrown in than the other way around? I guess I'm just, I'm just taking this in the way of they push this for church leaders and they push this for being a big, you know, Christian song that year. And it doesn't hit me as like a church worship song. And I actually didn't find mm-hmm. many any videos. I didn't really find any videos of an actual Sunday church service performing this song. I guess and that I I'm, have found that for the other songs. I'm like the folks at Goatee where I'm like, why didn't this take off? I think this should have taken off like as a worship song. But obviously you're looking at it more from the perspective of like those worship band leaders and stuff where you're like, ah, there's just something not connecting there. Right. Uh, so I think like... As a ballady Christian pop song that's about worship, it totally works. Like on a Christian radio station, if, if edited into a Christian movie, like kind of pepping up like a poppy Christian worship set. Sure, this works out really well, but I don't, it's just like as an actual, you know, penitent stripped down worship song, I think there's too much like pop rock in this song even compared to the those words are not enough which is a full-on like punk rock early you know later emo style rock and song with a with some worship dashed in i feel like that's more worshipy i guess it's just there's too much complexity in this song so it's more like a pop song with a dash of worship and yet they tried to push it right as a worship song and i just don't think it actually is fully a worship song in and of itself like uh, moments I feel faint is just full on a worship song. I see now that I'm looking like skimming back through the lyrics, what you mean, especially with the the like you said, it's a little too like literal Tison, where it's like especially that first verse, like halfway through that first verse, um, uh, when I made up my mind and my heart, along with that, to live not for myself but yet for God, somebody said, "Do you know what you're getting yourself into?" That somebody said, "Do you know what you're getting yourself into?" is yeah. a little bit too reliant. Hey, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's a little too like you're not going to find worship songs where it's like, "Hey, those other guys over there were like, yo." <laughs> <laughs> it's too specific to one person's experience. Yes, I, I get it. Every like Christian who worships in the particular type of church style we're talking about, they've all experienced something very similar. So you can have a very similar, you can have a very specific church experience in a worship moment or something that brought you back to the Lord and you might sing about that. But I feel like if you get too specific on the story, you're now pulling away 
from it being a proper straight ahead worship song that's meant for church Sunday sanctuaries. And you're pushing it more into like, this is a pop song with some worship elements. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a little too specific. I can't think. And I, I don't know. No, I get what you're saying yeah. because this definitely, I realize has prodigal vibes, like early, like, uh, like proto It's a little prodigal. too much of a one person specific story. Yeah. Because you've got the like questioning from someone else. Somebody said, do you know what you're getting yourself into is a lot like, you know, um, all the hip kids sent you running away. Right. It's the same sort of vibe. And that's also, in a way, a Reliant K song with a dash of worship. Yeah. And a dash of, like, I wouldn't even call it deconstructionism, but it just, it's got a dash of, like, criticism and evaluation of yeah. what role does the church play in the 2016 world, much less of 2023. But yeah, that has some worship elements. So I think that... It's th- the criticism that I think pushed you know uh, uh, band leaders away probably so i feel like a song like that i feel a song like deathbed or a song like prodigal is like 90 percent a relying k song and 10 percent or maybe 95 5 percent uh a worship song i feel like never underestimate my jesus is like 90 percent of worships 80 percent a worship song and 20 percent a relying k song i feel like this getting into you it's 70, 60, 70% a Reliant K song and only really like 30, 40% a worship song. I think there's just something a little too specific and too complex and too complicated to make this like a proper worship song. So just to get more into the lyrics, Jessica read the first verse. But when I finally ironed out all of my priorities and asked God to remove the doubt, that makes me so unsure of these. So even there, like this is poetic it's beautiful it is classic relying k lyrics but even like syllabically there that's a little too complex right for church worship service yeah forget what he's specifically saying and is this an experience that are these lyrics an experience that other people know exactly what he's talking about just like the roller coaster of the syllables is still in it of itself too complex for a simple worship song right if you put these lyrics if you've never heard this song before the the band starts playing. You put these lyrics up on the board. This is a song you're you not going to gonna know. Yeah, you're not going to know how to sing that song. But you could sing "Never Underestimate My Jesus" after you've listened to the first thirty seconds. Yeah, and that's what I mean by uh, moments I feel faint. Never underestimate my Jesus is a lean song, and it's a perfect right. expression of something because yeah, it's a yeah. song that anybody can pick up. But this is a song that lyrically, it's not the most complex song in the world, but it's just a little too complex for what it got pushed to try to be. It's just a, it's, it's a little too much of a learning curve. Um, and it's not the most complex thing ever. I'm just comparing it to other popular. No, you're, simple you're absolutely songs. right. Yeah. When he looked at me and said, I kind and this, this is the part that probably confuses me the most. Um, I skipped the, the, the chorus I'm getting into you because you got to me in a way words can't describe. I'm getting into you because I've got to be. You're essential to survive. I'm going to love you with my life. Of course, he's singing about God there. I'm not going to deny that this right. this song <laughs> is about his faith in Christ and God speaking to him either literally or figuratively and him coming to this moment of faith and devotion. This next verse is the only thing that really throws me for more of a loop. And I know what he's saying here, but I think it's a little too questionable to be a flat-out worship song. When he looked at me and said, 
I kind of view you as a son. And for one second, our eyes met. And I met that with a question. Do you, I said it like, do you know what you are getting yourself into? This part throws me, okay? I guess he's still talking about God, but this verse in and of itself sounds like he's talking about like a worship leader or like the pastor or church, someone he knows at church. Cause, mm-hmm. cause he says, when he looked at me and said, I kind of view you as a son. A little odd for God to say to you, I kind of view you as a son. Because if that is God speaking to you in a moment of devotion and you feel like God is speaking to you, would God say, I kind of view, I'm like, no pressure, bro, but I kind of view you as a son. Right. It feels more like, like someone like a really important, you know, someone like a church leader or somebody who says, you know, who's kind of curbing the comment so you don't feel trapped or awkward in the moment he's saying i he's saying uh hey you know tson or narrator or whoever i kind of view you as a son now lyrically poetically he flips the the meaning of the lyric because before he's been singing about i'm getting into you christ i'm getting into being a christian i'm getting into this feeling but now he flips it and says do you uh, either God or possibly person, uh, you know, authority figure in my church. Do you know what you're getting yourself into by picking me such a sinful person? So that's, that's like a very nice juxtaposition of using that same lyrical idea and flipping it both ways. Right. I'm getting into being devote, devote. Does God know what he's getting into picking me a sinful man? Right. Like that is... That's that's in and of itself a beautiful expression and a great idea. It's just in this song, it leaves me with a little bit of a question for God to have said, I kind of view you as a son. Right. He does view you as a son. Or in this moment, it's a literal Tyson thing. And there really was a moment where at church or at a prayer meeting or at something, a youth pastor, a pastor, a youth leader, uh, uh, someone older than him, like a senior right. or, or a college age person that he was friends with. Well, I guess that would be a little too young, but to just someone who's his father's age to say, I kind of view you, Tyson, as a son. Can can I help you in your walk in faith? Right. It feels like a little is, bit of literal Tyson. Right. And I get why you're confused about that, because that next line is, and for one second, our eyes met. Right. That is a poetic line. I think this is, is definitely this third verse and the whole song is just about God. He's just talking, you know with God and I think it's just a quirky thing to say I kind of view you as a son and but I get why that next line confuses it further because you're like you don't you know your eyes don't meet with God's necessarily but I think it's a seeing eye to eye thing he's just putting it in a different way right so I get why that's confusing. Or for one second, I felt fully connected to what God was saying exactly. me, to me. Exactly. And what the simile is, is yeah. our eyes met. Exactly. It's still a it's... little too questionable right. and interpretable for a worship song. Worship songs should not be interpretable. <laughs> I get it, though, because it's like he's like, somebody said to me, do you know what you're getting yourself into? And he said the same thing to God. Right. I get that. That's That's the the thing of it that's the the wordplay for the song yeah so skipping to the bridge i've been a liar and i'll never amount to the kind of person person you deserve to worship you you say you will not dwell on what i did but rather what i do 
you say, I love you, and that's what you are getting yourself into. That sounds like an answer to that question, to that uh, verse that we questioned. It sounds like that's God replying, or in whatever way, the person that I the person that I question is a God, that's their reply. I love you, and that is what you are getting yourself into. So yeah, he's talking about God the whole time. It's just, there's just some verbiage in that I kind of view you as a son thing that doesn't feel right. And maybe that's a little thing that kept this from becoming the worship staple it could have been. I don't know. Um... And then it's more of, and I, um, I'm getting into you because you got to me. Uh, getting into you because you got to me. You're essential to survive. You, it just repeats of everything that's been said before. I think I just really like the simplicity of this song. It doesn't dive too deep into anything. It's very surface. It's like, I don't know, it's just nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like this is a very touching song. I'm not taking that away from it. I'm just looking at it in the way that I see promotionally that they were trying to push it. And I think I, I personally found more of that idea in Never Underestimate My Jesus. This is more of a Reliant K song. This is more of a Reliant K song in every sense. Right. So, uh, did you know what you were getting yourself into by bringing all this up? <laughs> did you know what you were getting into becoming a parent? Uh, uh, that's like a heavy loaded question. Everything's been <laughs> hey, wonderful so hey, far. Cooper, <laughs> I just wanted you to know, I kind of view you as a son. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> um, I, yeah, you know, it's funny because we just went over those and I was reading the lyrics off Genius and there are annotations and I'm like, oh, do I have to read these this week? Can that be my push present or pull present as the case may be? Do you want me to read them? <laughs> sure. I mean, is this part of your deep dive? Should we take our break real quick? Yeah, let's Remember do Remember that it. thing that we do? We haven't done it in a month, but yeah. we'll take our break and we come back. I will read Jessica's deep dive. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. New episodes are released every other week, but you don't have to wait that long to hear more from us. You can join patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod to listen to our bonus episodes every alternate week. When you sign up, you'll get access to years of backlog episodes, including our discussions of the songs from Relying K is for karaoke, every chapter of the book, The Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind, as well as other projects and features from members of Relying K. You'll also have access to live streams of us watching fan content on YouTube and many other topics. When you sign up, you'll receive a welcome letter with guitar picks and stickers. And by making a lifetime contribution of $60, you'll be eligible to earn a special Patreon-exclusive shirt. You'll also get thanked on every episode, like our current patrons who include... Charity, Samantha H. Number 1, Samantha H. Number 2, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Michael, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Even if you don't want to sign up for the Patreon, you can still join the conversation by contacting us with your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Relying K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or by sending an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. 
You can also visit our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. There aren't a lot of guarantees in life, but I can guarantee one thing. It's very hard to think of what to say at the end of these ad reads. Mm, true. So over on Genius, Danny. Hey, that's my, that's my line now. <laughs> so over on Genius. I'm just trying to find it. Uh, why can't I find it? Here, you just want to look at my phone? Sure. I'm not a genius enough. I'm not genius enough to find my way to Genius.com. Oh, I just thought maybe we could skip Genius and Song Meetings <laughs> this week. <laughs> Do you know what you are getting yourself into? Annotation. One of his peers questions. Oh, see, this person says one of his peers. One of his peers questions yes, where his head is. It's the first one. Oh. It's the first. It's the first. Do you know what you're getting oh, yourself into? Oh, somebody said. Which is, yeah. Somebody said to you. Somebody one of his peers told me the world is questions where his head is and if he really knows what being a follower of Christ entails. About this topic, the Holy Bible says... Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Most do not, and back to the annotation, most do not know, but when they find out, they are scared of the commitment. See Matthew 19.16 to 26. No, I don't think I will. (laughs) I mean, I could later, but we got to keep talking about things here. Um, and this this con- contribution got a eighty four percent and uh, something else. I don't know. Let's see. Verse three. So maybe they're going to explain it. He looked at me and said, "I kind of view you as a son." Let's see what they have to say here. Proposed suggestion says this contributor. I think it's more likely that Tyson is personifying God here lyrically or as a literary vehicle to convey their spiritual interaction. Quote, when he looked at me and said, I kind of view you as a son, end quote. Galatians 3.26. This is a, uh, this is a, poor, this is a poorly uh, structured genius annotation. Galatians 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. End quote. Uh, this is Danny speaking. Yes, I did get that, that we are all sons and daughters of the Lord. Like, I don't think I've ever missed that that is a case. So when I heard this verse, I absolutely understood that that could be an interpretation. Um, this seems like Tyson's realization, realization of God's love for him. Quote, and for one second, our eyes met and you met that with a question. End quote. For a moment, he's feeling the presence of God. He felt for a moment of understanding that demanded a response. There is a common literary device where two people are confronting some divide between them. There's some hesitation, but once eyes meet, the two are compelled to move on with it. Tyson's moving on with it was in that form of a question. Okay, Uh, I get what they're saying. I just don't see the relevance. Quote, do you know what you are getting yourself into? End quote. This echoes the sentiment that Tyson shares of feelings that he is not worthy to be worshipped, uh, to be worshipping God. Quote, God, do you know what you are getting yourself into? Do you really want this, a relationship with me? I'm a mess. Do you understand that? End quote. I mean, I'm completely agreeing with the basic sentiment of everything here. I feel like I've said more of some of this earlier. 
Um, this turns into, quote, do you know what you are getting yourself into line around a bit? Now it is not outwardly asked of him or internally asking himself. He is now asking, yeah, we get it. <laughs> there, there, you know, we talked about how it's one of two things. It's him talking to a person on earth or it's him talking to God. And this person says it's him. It's most likely him talking to God. And I agree that that's probably what it is. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it wasn't free. It, it wasn't written. And I guess that's the other thing is when I said, uh, never underestimate me, Jesus is lean. You can't, you don't need to change anything in for the moments I feel faint. It is a like perfectly matched song. You can extend it. You can shorten it. Sure. But the song that was written, recorded and on that album it's exactly what it needed to be. Uh, this song, I feel like you could keep working on it if you want to. I'm not saying that the final track that they completed and wrote and decided here isn't good in and of itself, but this is a song that I feel like you could add another verse. You could take another verse away. You could rework things. This could be redone the way The Thief and There Was No Thief was reworked. This could be reworked the way that um, some other songs what's that song that's uh what's the there's a bird in the b-side song that has more layer up and up the way the up and up acoustic version has another verse that up and up rock version doesn't have like i you know this is a this song we're talking about this week is a song that has fat on it it's a song that i think can be reworked if you want or it doesn't have to be reworked but you can't do that with Never Underestimate Me Jesus. There's nothing to change about that song. But there's plenty you could decide if you wanted to to change about this song. Jessica, do you have yes. any other deep dive you want to go into? Do you even want to... But I don't think we need to do song meetings unless you yes. found anything specifically <laughs> hilarious on there. Oops. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even look at it yet. <laughs> so... Uh. No, you know what? No, I'm, I'm making a call. Uh, we're skipping it. So we're 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 going to. Uh, I've got a song meaning blog, oldtimemusic.com. The meaning Old behind the song. Oldtime <laughs> music. I used to listen to Reliant K back in 2003. The meaning behind the song "Getting Into You" by Reliant K. This is interesting because this is last updated July 7, 2023, by Corey Hoffman. Oh. So that's like now. Does that mean this whole blog in general or this actual article? Um, <clears throat> Reliant K, the American rock band known for their playful yet relatable lyrics, released their hit song Getting Into You in 2001. The track featured on their album The Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This song is on two lefts, is it not? <laughs> It is. Yeah. It Wait, is, is this an AI written article? Oh, we're going to find out. Okay. Okay. Resonates with listeners due to its profound message and catchy sound. In this article, we will deep dive into the meaning behind getting into you and explore the emotions it evokes. That's something I have heard ChatGPT say <laughs> when I have asked it to write essays. Oh, boy. It even has a link to a, uh, uh, like a lyric video here, and it says... Two lefts don't make a right, but three do. 2003, right here. Right. Uh, the general theme, the central theme, excuse me, of getting into you is the process of embracing vulnerability and transforming transformation in a relationship. This uh, is an AI. This article <laughs> is written by an AI. Outstanding. We talked about it, I think, on part of it or something. We talked, you know, 
I've asked. You know, yeah. The less the less yep. well known a band is, the less they've been written about overall. Reliant K kind of sits there in that middle ground, so it doesn't have enough critical uh, stuff out there for it to grab onto. Like I've asked it questions about Five Iron Frenzy, and I'm like. Uh, and it just makes up the names of albums that don't exist. Like, it's like Five Iron Frenzy's album, The Sun in the Sky is Happy Today. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> sorry, I just am reading further down because, yes, this is the most chat GPT uh, way of, of, uh, of um, oh my gosh, collecting an article that I've, that I've ever seen. Okay, so we, I, I, I want to read this. I want you to read this whole thing. The lyrics speak of taking down walls and allowing oneself to be known and understood by another person. Reliant K captures the essence of love's transformative power, highlighting the importance of authenticity and openness. The song starts with the lines... You are one in a million. Yeah, yeah. This is Jack <laughs> and I am Z. not. Yep. That's what it did. Because <laughs> we've done this as a joke yes. before. <laughs> I just remembered. Remember when I asked ChatGPT to um, tell me how high of seventy five yes, is a I'm metaphor saying. for late yes. stage capitalism, yes. and it made up. I'm high. I'm high, and seventy five. The song starts with the lines. You are one in a million, and I'm not sure which million you're from. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> That's a good lyric, though. (laughs) Did it steal that from something? Because if not, then that's copyright-free material right there. These lyrics emphasize the uniqueness of the person they are singing about and their eagerness to connect with them on a deeper level. Getting into you portrays the desire for a genuine connection where two individuals can be their authentic selves without fear of judgment. Yeah, God wants... Sorry, I had to go get some water. God wants to be his authentic self with you. (laughs) Reliant K also addresses the common struggles individuals face in expressing their true selves due to insecurities and fears. The lyrics convey the fear of rejection and the hesitation to let someone in, such as the lines, but no more kleptomaniac, narcissistic drama queen. I'm getting off the line. What is this, uh, Olivia Rodrigo song? (laughs) This sounds like, this sounds like Gen X punk. By acknowledging these fears, the song encourages listeners to take a leap and break free from self-imposed limitations. It advocates for leaving behind destructive par- patterns and choosing to be open and vulnerable. These are themes Ryan K writes about that can bring growth and happiness. The inspiration behind getting into you hey. emerged from the band's personal experiences with relationships. Hey. I'm known for taking the secularist view on Reliant K songs, but I've never taken it this far. <laughs> they wanted to capture the transformative power of love and highlight the importance of vulnerability and healthy connections. Uh, the lyrics for Getting Into You were penned by lead vocalist Matthew Thiessen. He drew from his own experiences and emotions to craft the heartfelt and relatable lyrics. Do you think... Uh, is getting into you based on a specific event or person. While the song draws from personal experience, it is, it is not specifically based on a singer event, singular event or person. It encompasses the universal emotions and struggles faced in relationships, making it That doesn't sound right. This a is a Reliant K song. Of course it's got to be based off of a real situation. Almost every song is. Did getting into you achieve commercial success? Getting into you resonated with fans and performed well on the charts, <laughs> contributing to Reliant K's rising success as a band its relatability and catchy sound attracted a wide audience making it a fan favorite (laughs) 
can Getting Into You be interpreted differently by different listeners? Yes. No. Like many songs, Getting Into You can be interpreted differently by each listener based on their own experiences and perspectives. The lyrics depth and relatability allow for personal connections, making it resonate uniquely with individuals. Uh, which album includes the song Getting Into You? Getting Into You is featured on Reliant K's album, The Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek. The band's album released in 2001 showcases the band blend of catchy pop punk tunes and introspective relatable lyrics. Was there a specific message the band wanted to convey through Getting Into You? Through Getting Into You, (laughs) Reliant K aimed to emphasize the importance of vulnerability and the transformative power of love in relationships. Good Lord, how many times can they say this? The band wanted to inspire listeners to be open, embrace change, and break free from self-imposed limitations. (laughs) This is not at all what the song is about. Uh, are there any hidden meanings in the song's lyrics? While the lyrics of Getting Into You are straightforward and relatable, they do not contain any significant hidden meanings. The song's intentions are clear in its message of embracing vulnerable vulnerability and tra- uh, transformation. Let's see. They keep asking it questions. So let's see if there's anything yeah, else. Yeah, so that's what they did. They just kept, they had to write an article and they asked it another question. It gave another bad answer. They asked another question. gave another super confident but completely incorrect answer. This is what ChatGPT is. It's a full-on liar. It's just a... It's not an actual AI. It's not actually intelligent. Like, if it can't find information it needs... It'll start by trying to find the information that you're asking for. But if it doesn't find it, it doesn't say, sorry, I couldn't find anything. It'll just start making things up. Because it's a language predictor. It writes the first word, and then it says... The odds are one in 25 billion that I would not say this, so I won't say that. But the odds are one in two that I would use this next word. So that's the next word. But it does these calculations in a split second, and it writes these complex sentences. It is no different than the three predictive words you get on your text and you have an iPhone. But it just knows how to close a sentence unlike that. Right. Has Reliant K performed Getting Into You Live? Yes, Reliant K has regularly performed Mm-mm. Getting Into You during their live shows. The nope. song's energetic vibe and relatable <laughs> lyrics make it a crowd pleaser, allowing fans to sing along and connect with the band's performance on a personal level. Note, the content of the FAQs and answers is fictional and does not represent actual information about the song Getting Into You by Reliant K. Please note that this article was generated by an AI language model <laughs> and should not be and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Then why did you bother? And why are you using something on an AI generator on something called (laughs) oldtimemusic.com? What the hell, Corey Hoffman? I'm calling you out because what are you doing? What is this? Why? We can do that as a joke on this podcast. Be like, hey, we had AI tell us what this song is about. But you should not be putting that information out there, Mm -hmm. like in an article on a music blog. You know, actually put some work into it. What are you doing? And then waiting until the very, very bottom after you go through all of this, like, this, like, arduous article to, like, be like, oh, by the way, this is all fake. Uh, So that's what I have this week. Nice. Well... April stepped up when I said that, like, oh, it's walk time or something. Uh, Oh, and April's doing okay with the baby. She's doing all right. She's, like, 
Wait a minute. Man, wait for us to like to like bury the lead there. We should have been talking about April from the top of the show. <laughs> so she knows that we still love her. And we're giving her so much love. And I think she doesn't trust the love we're giving her. She's like, if you really loved me, you'd get rid of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, yeah. She'll, she'll exist in his space, but she does not like being put upon with the baby. Like if we bring the baby to April, she'll walk away. But she, if she approaches the baby, she'll comfortably sit there near him. Well, she also just like will stare him down and growl at him. Not in a mean growl, but like in a talky growl kind like, of way. Like why are you just laying there? We I don't re- think And she, then she yeah. starts barking at him. We realize she'd never met a baby before and never, probably yeah. does not know She's what a baby children. is. She's met children. She's met toddlers. Tiny, she knows a tiny human. She does like them. She wags her tail when they come near her. But this one is very, very tiny mm-hmm. and does not interact with her. And so I think she's like, I don't understand it. And like, why does it take up all the attention? She was also uh, not a big fan of breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, she she's started like, barking and did not like you. that at all. Yeah. <laughs> she thought he was hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> to be like it's all good april so she's like she's like this isn't a dog and it's clearly not a human because <laughs> it doesn't what, walk on two what legs what is this creature <laughs> yeah she's only met tiny humans that can walk so i think she's just like very confused and he in no way tries to interact with her because he's three weeks old <laughs> april did you know what you're getting yourself into so here's an upload, uh, just an up, a fan upload of the song by Lindsay Brainerd from just two years ago. So interesting that randomly in 2020, uh, oh, it says two, it averages to two years on Instagram, but uh, excuse me, it averages to two years ago on YouTube, but the upload was actually in 2020, November 2020. And uh, interesting that anyone bothers fan uploading just the song, just just the song with a picture of the artist in 2020 when you can get it on streaming. But of course, here's the picture of the artist while this song is playing. The classic artist of this song. <laughs> it's a picture of the Jonas Brothers. It's a picture of the Jonas Brothers. Now, I understand in 2003, even as late as 2007, you download something on Kazaa, it's got the wrong artist labeled on there, and you're not uh, critically eared enough, and you don't notice, like... This isn't Reliant K. This is some random band called Frickin' A. That thing we came across. This doesn't sound like Weird Al, and it's horribly racist, but it says it's Weird Al, so it must be Weird Al. But I just didn't think anyone in 2020 would still get the artist, like, completely wrong and upload a fan upload like it's 2003. So a little blast from the past. Maybe they were going for that ironic early internet feeling. Well, here's now not a song that I can see that Reliant K played a lot, but I do have 2007, 2011, 2012, and two different 2013s. So here's the first, uh, I think, I don't think 2007 sounded very good, but let's just check it out for a second. This is at Creation Fest 2007. Unlock hundreds of deals on pavilions. Yeah, for Ska's you. back. It's Sign in these pavilions today. commercials. <laughs> yeah, this just doesn't sound very good. So I, I won't even bother playing that one. Some of these, some of these other ones sound better. Here's um, Rock the Universe 2011. Oh, and this is the one with the short explanation of the song at the beginning. And I think this explanation is very important for us to hear. So here's Rock the Universe Orlando 2011. 
get to it. Promise. Ah! Oh, wow. That person was really excited. Yeah, I don't know. Someone must have yelled a request, and he's like, hey, we'll do it. So I was like, be my escape. (laughs) Punk rock show. We'll play one, like, kind of chill song, and then we'll get back to it. This song is about how, uh, when I was 15 years old, um, I don't know, up until that point in my life, I'd always kind of been uh, a churchgoer because my parents held me at gunpoint or, or just their authority or whatever, and, uh, when I was 15, that is a fun little thing to learn about Tyson. Yeah. Up until he was about 15, he just kind of went to church because his parents dragged him there. Yeah. I love hearing that because, you Seems know, easy. what tirades <laughs> I go on about, like, people who were raised in very stringent Christian communities and church backgrounds and how they think Reliant K thought exactly like them. And I don't see proof of Reliant K being from their background, the most stringent, uh, hardline Christian denomination background. I've never seen proof of that. They went to public school. Like, they were normal people who had a faith in Christ. And up until he was about 15, he says here in 2011, he wasn't totally interested in going to church. I like this girl who, who went to this Bible study on Monday nights at my high school voluntarily. And, uh, it kind of blew my mind, and I was like, why? It's extracurricular, you're doing it. And anyway, so I started going to hang out with her, and then all of a sudden it became not so much about her, but about me just taking ownership of my own, I don't know, my own spirituality, my own growth as a person. I mean, at 15, it's a good time to start. So He got into Jesus by chasing skirt. <laughs> See? These things are not exclusive. <laughs> People get upset. They're like, this song shouldn't be about chicks. That's, you know, why is that it's song? Okay, like- I only went to that communist party because I was uh, chasing skirt guys. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really into it. So that's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah. I don't for a second doubt the conviction of his faith from that situation. But it just reminds me of the things that I, the thing that I rail on a lot, especially with like mood rings and Sadie Hawkins dance that like, you know, Christians from the time of the 2000s and their youth groups and stuff were raised in like this purity culture thing, right? And then Reliant K comes around and they're this pop punk band and oh, they sound like Blink-182 and oh, they sound like the starting line or whatever. I don't know. They sound like uh, Newfound Glory, but I'm not allowed to listen to those bands, but I'm allowed to listen to Reliant K. Oh, Reliant K must share all the exact same Christian values that my parents have forced upon me or that I share. But so much of Reliant K's early music from the first three albums is about having normal female-male relationships. Right. <laughs> like Seventeen Magazine. How many Christians how many Christians of the stringent sector of their audience, the hardline section of their audience, were even allowed to look at a Seventeen magazine? It's probably seen as pornography. And here they're singing a song about it. And then, like, going on a Sadie Hawkins dance. And, like, right. and, and like this is the number one thing why I think of Mood Rings and how that's not... It is a sexist song, but Mood Rings... And I guess it just irks me 
when people are like, oh, Mood Rings is sexist because it comes from the Christian world. And I'm like, he just explained how he was. He didn't even feel that devotedly Christian by the time he was 15. It's like, he's not from this same world. So basically, like, people got really hurt and really traumatized by the evangelical Christian world of the 2000s and the 90s. But then they kind of, like, see Reliant K in a song like Mood Rings and they criticize them and are angry at them for the facilitation of what like these church groups did to these kids who are now adults and deconstructing their faith. I don't think Reliant K was like complicit in this stuff just because they wanted to be a band. I think that like the, the Christian world, the Christian marketing, how do you take all of these different people with different faith values, different values on things that aren't really that important, like dating and like shove them all into one big pot where all of these denominations have to act like, and it's a, act like they're all believe the same thing. Isn't that like a thing in Revelations? <laughs> like going to visit other churches and you can't, you're not supposed, you know, in like, like when the world was still in triple digits of years after the birth of Christ, like don't go to another church and criticize the fact that they drink wine or don't criticize that, you know, the tenements, that the whatever, who cares? I don't care. I'm not a theologian. You get it. I'll ramble about this later on Twitter or something. <laughs> This song's called Getting Into You. Come on, clap to the beat, everybody. <laughs> Clap. <laughs> We're clapping to the song. So, yeah, this isn't really a worship song. This is like a Twinkle Emo song. <laughs> this is a this is like an this is a emo style rock song. Folks uh, are singing that the has way, yeah, that has some worship stuff in it. There's some people in the front row waving their hands back and forth. That's not like you do that in worship, well, sure. but really you're at, you, they're at Rock the Universe or whatever. You put your you palms up. Is. You put your palms up and you sway back and forth. Yeah, I guess you're right. They're at Universal Studios. They, you know, they're loaded up on some Margaritaville margaritas. <laughs> oh, man. Filled Speaking of, the Margaritaville at Universal uh, <laughs> well, uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. I was like, we should have just gone to Islands. Not the same. Yeah. We could, like, not, not the same as, as Universal Orlando. It's just, like a, it's just like a box 
It's just like a room that they just kind of put some Margaritaville stuff up yeah. in. But we've been to the Margaritaville like in Orlando. Like vaguely island uh, yeah. de- decorated. And I went to the one in, thing in Foxwoods in Connecticut. And like, yeah, they that have... That one was better. Yeah, they, but they have like a giant volcano that supposedly is shooting margarita. But really it's just like green colored water. But there's none of that at the one here. Nope. In a way Schneck on the keyboards during this song, and then you got nice. Warren, of course, and Ethan playing. I kind of gonna forward, go forward here. This is a four minute, four minutes and a half. <laughs> what do you call it? Four and a half minutes. So here's about three fifty three into this video, April, and I didn't say this is uploaded by Dylan White. Dylan, no, sorry, Dylan Wild, eleven years ago. They are so sweaty. These fellas are so sweaty. They're all wearing tank tops. They all look sweaty like they're working in the iron mill. They work hard. They play hard. <laughs> I mean, it's Orlando. It's hot. It's yeah. moist, you know. April. April says, don't make fun of my favorite song. So then you have Parachute Music Festival 2012, Chattanooga, Tennessee, twenty uh, July 2013, they played it again on that Manila Mall tour right. after Collapsible Lung. Right. And, but what I really want to play is this thing that I had never seen it done this way specifically. I found a Nightcore. I'm like, okay, whatever. Found a Nightcore, which now Gen Z is just calling Sped Up. No, I, I, de- I deny that. We already had a name for Sped Up Music. It's called Nightcore. But now you see like people describing Nightcore as, Nightcore is EDM music that's Sped Up. I'm like, no. Nightcore is any music you speed up and put to an anime image. That's what it's been on the internet for the last 15 years. Now, apparently the roots of Nightcore is that it was actually an artist. Like, it was actually a DJ in some European country. And his name was Nightcore. I'm not even kidding. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know, what? Danny, I know I sometimes no, make up these facts. this is fake. This I, is fake. You guys looked into GPT, didn't you? I looked into this. No, this was an article written no, by No, I Chad looked GBT. into this. I swear. There was an there was a European DJ. I don't remember what country right now. Oh, I see. So he named himself Nightcore. His his yes, his okay. DJ name was okay. DJ Nightcore. So he used to do remixes of EDM songs where he would be speeding up these songs. And then those would get shared around online and nobody knew outside of his like core market that he was DJ Nightcore. So these would get passed around and people started to think that Nightcore was the name of a movement where you speed up existing songs. So then that expanded to other forms of popular music, not just EDM. So for some reason now, though, the Gen Z is calling 
Nightcore sped up. So you see like whatever big whatever songs are popular, whatever songs are popular. N- Nicki Minaj sped up. Uh, I don't know whatever else is popular. But anyway, what's important is what I found and what they called it here. Doesn't matter what people are calling it now. What this guy called it is Christian Lightcore. We're old now. We have a baby. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My punchline. I was doing all that build up. Sorry. You you want me to go? Again? You want to go again? No. Yeah, do it again. It's called Christian Lightcore. Lightcore. I get it. Some guy. Some person. I don't know. Why I'm assuming it's a guy, but some person was like, I'm going to make a Christian Nightcore, but it's got to be different, right? Christian rock is a separate genre from rock, even though the only difference is lyrics. So Christian Nightcore has to be different from Nightcore. The only difference is lyrics. That was like I went on uh, Amazon Prime like a couple years ago and I was looking for like yoga, uh, yoga videos. And one of the things that came up was called like Christ yoga or something. It's like Christian yoga. Yeah, because you're afraid all those like yoga demons are going to get into you. Exactly. If you don't approach yoga with faith. Right. So this is from 10 years ago. This is uploaded by Mitchy Chans. Mitchy Chans. Mickey Mickey Tans? Mickey M I C H Y Chans. Well. I'm sure you could just search Christian Lightcore getting into you. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, you know. It turns the song into a, a felt little two and a half minutes. Wow, nice. There we go. You really needed to wait until it kicked in, you know? Yeah. Oh. Buddy. He's, he's not a fan. Oh well. <laughs> now we got him Both. crying over here. We got her barking. Our over engineer there. and our producer are not in. They're going it. on strike. They're joining SAG and the Writers Guild. Oh, no. they're, they're asking for. They're asking for better. Pay. This really fell apart suddenly. <laughs> I thought. I thought you said he spit up, so I ran to get a towel. I know, it's good. We should just good. be keeping towels on us all the time. Yeah, that's the point April. of the first We just keep forgetting. What is happening? First episode back. You know, we're going to have hey, some... Hey, it only took three hours into the episode before it all fell apart, though. We're doing pretty good right now. Yeah, I don't know why I'm complaining about a Reliant K song not being lean enough. <laughs> So we'll get into the covers. There's a very important cover here. This is an early Zeke Power oh, nice. 2012 cover. Zeke Power, uh, the Voice Australia semifinalist who we've had on our podcast, big Reliant K fan, and he. This is we had him on just because he was a pretty famous person, an Australian celebrity that loved Reliant K. We reached out. He said yes. Uh, go listen to that episode. And here is Zeke's cover of Getting Into You from 2012. Got to be in a way 
It's so nice. It's like, <laughs> it's oh really my gosh. Nice. I was sitting over here swaying the baby in the music. It was lovely. So there are tons and tons and tons of covers of this. There are f- at least four or five different people on YouTube giving their own tutorials on how to play this song. Yeah, that was another thing. Tons of sheet music for this. Right. Tons. So this song was written for a point of making this a song that can just go around and be easily covered, easily performed. I don't think it fully ever got there for the reasons that I laid out, but for also the fact that it is so simple to play and learn... There are a ton of covers. Many of them are just people with whatever level of talent they have singing or playing guitar, just recording. Lots and lots of cursed, cursed, cursed visuals. Lots of like early webcams, like a guy half in the shadows, like a room that's not fully lit, like a bitrate video that's so low that you're like, that might be an elf that's singing. That might be like a tree elf that's singing. So lots of cursed visuals, lots of different levels of talent. Everybody does an amazing job. I don't know. Tree even if it's not a great job. Sounds a lot more like uh, TikTok, Dan. I'm in like a full-grown Lord of the Rings style elf, not like a Keebler elf. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm in like like a dark elf from uh, Thor. Like their face doesn't quite look human because there's so many blocks and pixels that are making it up. But uh, there were a couple of covers that had interesting transformations, so I do want to focus on those. Um, let me find where this one was. Okay, so here's another acoustic cover by Mary Claire Chatham. And this is really interesting because Zeke Power did a little bit of an extra little take on the guitar, but for the most part, he was just kind of playing it straightforward, as you would expect, on the sheet music and adding his own vocal flair. Here, Mary Claire, Mary Claire Music is what she's also known as, is going to like actually kind of do a slightly different variation on the strumming and make it a little bit more country in a really fun way. So here's Mary Claire's cover of Getting Into You by Reliant K. When I made up my mind and my heart along with that To live not for myself and for God Somebody said, do you? Know what you are getting yourself into When I finally ironed out all my priorities And asked God to remove the doubt that Makes me so unsure of these things I ask myself I ask myself Do you know what you are getting yourself into? Getting into you because you got to me in a way words can describe. Getting into you because you got to me, you're essential to surviving and love you with my life. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that sounded really like beautiful. a cover that should be on Love Island because Love Island plays all. Those, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. They always take covers. like pop pop music and slowed down and 
slightly different variations and romantic variations of pop songs. That's true. Um, yeah, I love that. And what's it's funny really is, nice. I liked uh, you know, about an hour into pulling all of these covers or listening through them and then like, you know, hearing people of varying talent levels, eventually I had to stop. I'm like, I'm not going to capture every single one. I'm not even going to check. I, some, by, at one point I was giving like everyone one second to, to get there. Um, luckily, this one came up early so that I could hear how incredibly talented it was and what a great slight variation she took because otherwise if the the search result had come up way later i might not have found this one because i gave up eventually i just saw too many other ones that were too similar but this one really stood out and it's great there and i gotta find this (laughs) where is it this might be the best cover um oh boy where is okay yes (laughs) check this out i love your energy this is awesome this is awesome I don't know. I don't know. Put any context on this. Just check this out. No, I can't. Before I say anything, I can't tell here if maybe they grabbed the karaoke track that's kind of available out there. Okay. That, you know the one that I I couldn't right, yeah, I yeah. couldn't find the official karaoke track on YouTube. I think I'll put it up there ourselves. But it still could have been out there. Maybe they had a copy of the open mic karaoke disc with Reliant K. Maybe somehow they had the worship catalog disc for this song and they were able we'll listen and see if this is the studio track and they did their little extra thing on top of it but they added a little something to it now is this gonna be i can't complain (laughs) no it's not well it's kind of a shit post but you'll see it's not it's not to the extent that alex did that with can't complain okay um, on a collapsible uh (laughs) replaceable hips. Is it more along the lines of the Princes of Summer or what? No, no, no. You, you won't be able to tell until okay. it gets going. Dear God, I know it's been a while, but hear me out right now. I got a lot of questions and my head is full of doubt. Deep down, I know that you're the only thing I need. But I'm struggling Again, to trust, struggling to believe. Wikipedia, when you tell us that emo rap started in like 2014 or something, you're wrong. This is the DL show featuring BJ. You did this? What? Yeah, I did it. The DL show. Featuring BJ Skoog and Steve Vetters. I love it. It's a rap mix. It's a. It's like, yeah. Oh, sure. I get it. Yeah, that's great. They took At the it beginning, it said from White Boys Records. Nice. So there's some irony to it. But I do think. <laughs> Outstanding. This is so great. I can't believe I found this. When was the last time we found this? We found this. I can't remember what it was called, but we found one other place where someone had done some rap on top of a major Reliant K song, like Be My Escape or Who I Am or something. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah. Now we're at Rutgers, that song. <laughs> New York. Yeah. The parody but, of. But specifically the Rutgers The Rutgers one. Wow. There's a yeah, there's a uh, parody of New York State of Mind, the Jay Z version, and then there's a Rutgers College parody of it online, which is awesome. Uh, so definitely check that out. The YouTube channel is S C H D R E seven seven seven. Um, 
Yeah. So those are the covers. I mean, there's a lot of other covers. There's Vitamin String Quartet. Um, nice. Here's Vitamin String Quartet. <laughs> Our boy could go to sleep listening to this version. I'm skipping ahead. I mean, again, I can't believe that this is not MIDI. <laughs> I always thought that Vitamin String Quartet was MIDI violins, but it's not. Then, um, what are they called? The uh, the uh, official guitar covers. The Where is this? Guitar Tribute Players. Another one of those officially published sort of cover Expedia bot companies members. that did um, after this Expedia commercial. I'm not logged in as you. I'm not logged in as you because I need to be to avoid the ads on YouTube. So this is acoustic tribute to Reliant K. But, I mean, it's kind of an acoustic guitar song. They're just adding an extra acoustic guitar to do the vocal melody. So check that out, the guitar tribute players. Uh, anything else? <laughs> There's our very recent live mashup by Brian Berry Music. This is within the last year where he kind of live acoustic mashes up uh, for the moments I feel faint with getting into you. So let's check this out. Where Lion K was basically the soundtrack for my life in middle school and high school. I'm super thankful to their music and tried my best to put my two favorites together. One month ago. One month ago. May 28th. May 29th. Almost two months ago. YouTube always rounds down. Why are you complaining, Koo? <laughs> Where's the mashup? There it is. Uh, medley. Not a mashup, a medley. I think we as a society, and we talked about this in our recent Patreon episode. But I think we as a society need to get a little bit... And Brian, Brian Berry Music did it here perfectly. When it's a live acoustic or a live band, quote-unquote, mashup, it's a medley. When it's digitally two tracks mashed up, it's a mashup. You can't do a mashup live when you're doing two songs live. That's a medley. So there's Brian Berry's medley, not mashup. That was my fault. I think that the uh, folks at Glee would disagree with you. That, but that's the thing is I don't, when we talked about mashups, because we did the smashups comp over right. on Patreon, that Relying K and a whole bunch of Christian artists are a part of, those are mashups. You mentioned Glee, but those aren't mashups. Those are medleys. Oh. Oh, my mom's calling me. Oh, I thought we were like, hey, check out Tisanon, lead solo guitar, he's the bomb. No, this happens, and it happened in some past episode. It might have happened in the Patreon episode I just dropped. When I'm on the Bluetooth to play music in the room, an incoming call sounds like an outgoing call. Gotcha. I can't hang up on my mom. It's all good. I, nope, it's still ringing. I can't. I gotta wait till she's done calling. Pretend we're not here. <laughs> Shh, Cooper. 
Oh, damn. I was about to answer and be like, hi, mom. I'm podcasting right now. <laughs> I was about to change my mind. Well, I think those are the covers. Again, there's tons of other... Oh, okay. I hope everything's all right. Here, she's calling back. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, he's here. He's uncomfortable, but he's here. We're podcasting right now. What? Okay, you're talking to him. <laughs> now he's worse. You're making it worse. calmed him down thank you it's hot he's getting cranky yeah he's hot we're podcasting so we have the air conditioner off he needs the air conditioner oh he needs white noise yeah do you, can i call you back in a little bit is everything okay well yes and no I'm, i mean everything's okay but i, I muted why don't you pause <laughs> she's fine she just we paused there but she just hurt herself she's fine uh, that was my mom, everybody. That was my mom on the podcast. She has no idea. She's not going to hear this. She's going to have no idea. She Danny, you have to, you have to, now you did try to say you're on the podcast, but you have to clarify that, otherwise she could sue. Oh yeah, technically. We're a California residence and that would be illegal wiretapping. I'll straighten it out before we release the episode. So, uh, so there is one horse tribute. There's two. There's three American Sign Language interpretations. Oh, shout out Simmers Sims Horse Ranch just released this week. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of like the Jonas Brothers mix-up earlier, this one's a little bit more forgivable because it's from years ago. But this is Reliant K, getting into you. But huh, this version of getting into you sounds a little different. This doesn't quite sound like getting into you by relying K to me, but no, no. it must be a mashup or it must be a. I don't want this oh, okay. Is this one of those different versions that's available on the uh, Worship <laughs> Archive CD? Are we waiting for a chorus to kick in? This does sound like the chord progression of getting into you. So, what is this? This is. With Me by Sum 41. But the video is titled (laughs) Reliant K Getting Into You For My Love. Classic internet. So I guess I'll have to rave DJ these two songs and it's a tribute to this guy's girlfriend from 15 years ago. Nice. I hope you guys are still together. I hope it worked out. I hope so too. And I hope you have a baby as cute as ours. (laughs) He is a cute guy. Yeah. Um... And I guess that's it. Did I have any other cool, interesting things? Lots of other covers, like I said. I'm sure I'll post some more uh, on the Instagram throughout the week. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There you go. I'm getting into all these YouTube videos, and I'm finding that a lot of people love this song. But not a lot of churches, like, you know, covered this song. That's what I was most surprised about, is there weren't a lot of, like, live church performances. A handful. A handful. But, like... There were also a couple of cases of like people, while there was no church going on, using the church video and recording equipment to record their cover. Sure, but no sure. like churches doing this for worship, which we have seen with a lot of other Reliant K songs. 
So there you go. That's uh, Getting Into You by the band Reliant K. So Danny, do you like the song more or less or the same as you did before? Um, I like it about the same. Even though I was a little bit more down on it than you, it's a mixed positive review. Okay. This is, uh, this is Hunter William music. He's got this awesome emo hair. This is 2012. And, like, very, um, dynamic camera movement. And then he, like, super, he gets superimposed on top of himself later. Like, this is a real attempt at a full music video. So this was fun. This will play out. Hunter will play us out. Um, yeah. I know my review was mixed, seemed mixed to negative, but really it was mixed to positive. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would say I like it about the same. Uh, like I said before, I like it more. Yeah, I think this is a great song and one that I hadn't really thought about or listened to in a while, and I was glad to listen to it again. Yeah. Well, we consider all of you out there essential for us to survive as a podcast. That's right. So thank you very much for bearing with us as we got ready to get back on our recording schedule. We will try our best to get back onto Wednesdays and Thursday release days every two weeks. And patrons will keep getting those episodes out before Saturday on the alternate weeks. Right. And we appreciate all of you. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening. And Stay thank you safe to ev- and healthy out there. Sorry I was talking over your sign out, but I was trying to get this in before then. Thank you to everyone who sent us like amazing, nice things to say about Cooper's birth when we announced it I was it actually going to close with that. Sorry. So, Why don't also, you close? Thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent thoughts and prayers and everything throughout this whole process. Thank you so much. And... Just have a great week.